James chapter 3. Let's take a moment and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do approach your word with humility and great respect. Lord, we love you and we honor you and we put ourselves in a position today where we're listening to your voice. We ask that you would speak to our hearts, direct us, give us the wisdom that we need. Give us the understanding that, that is required for us to walk in your fullness and best and fulfill your plan for our lives. Lord, we thank you for utterance now and boldness to speak your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you've been with us, uh, you know that we're in a series called Getting Control of Your Life. Getting Control of Your Life. And in this series, of course, we're trying to avoid living in chaos and uh, living out of control lives. And that happens to a greater or lesser degree in, in different people's lives and their, the circumstances they're in. Some have totally out of control lives and some just have a few areas that they need to tweak and adjust and get a grip on really. And, and the Bible has given us some um, keys to that end. And what I've seen in studying the Word is two main components to getting control of life, okay? We've been sharing with you the first of those two components, which if you've been here, you know what that is, right? It is getting control of our mind. If you will control your mind, you will control your life, okay? If you have an out-of-control mind, you will have an out-of-control life. And in that discussion, of course, we talked about uh, renewing the mind. The Bible tells us that we are, to, we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. And if we have our minds renewed, then basically we're going to think in line with God's Word, which is also thinking in line with the born-again part of our being, our spirit. Okay? And if my spirit alive unto God, filled with His holiness and righteousness and all His wisdom, is then um, influencing my thinking and my mind, uh, well, there's just a lot of stuff I'm never going to have to deal with from a negative standpoint, all right? And so controlling our minds is very, very key to this process. But I want to begin sharing with you the second part or the second component in this goal of getting control of our lives. Everybody ready for this? Okay, here we go. The second thing that we must have control of is our mouth. If you will control your mouth, you'll be able to control your life. And you put these two things together, we'll just say it like this, control your mind, control your mouth, control your life. Many people are talking themselves into a pit and into despair, and into a whole lot of trouble and problems in their life. I understand this, that these two components directly impact each other, okay? In other words, what I say regularly influences the way I think. But also, what I think about, what I meditate on, it very much influences the words that come out of my mouth. All right, so these two components go hand in hand, and I'm really convinced that this is very, very important for all of us, that if we get a hold of our thought life and the words that come out of our mouth, 
we will have uh, lives that we desire. We will be able to experience what God has planned and purposed for us. So I want to help you remember this. How many like M&M's? M&M's. Mm. How many of you are not telling? How many of you are just not responding, but you really like them? <laughs> okay, there's the rest of you. And uh, uh, all right, every time you eat an M&M from here on out, you look down at the M&M and you see mind and mouth. <laughs> mind and mouth. When I was determining early on, what should I do to for a you know an image, a graphic for this series? I I was thinking about the M&M, but I thought, you know, I don't really want to put that on the screen. (laughs) But now you'll know, right? And if you have your mind and your mouth in control, you know what you'll also be able to do? Stop eating so many (laughs) M&Ms. Or you'll just recognize it's just so small. I can have one at a time. (laughs) And so... uh, (laughs) And so, these are the two points. Now, control your mind, control your mouth, control your life. James chapter 3. James chapter 3 and verse 1 says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Why would a teacher receive a more strict judgment? It's simply because of the influence that they have in another person's life. If God enables you and equips you to give you a voice, to, and He has all of us to some degree, even though we're all not what He's talking about here, but He has he, he is enabled us to influence other people, then, um, hey, take that very serious. All right, don't, don't, don't esteem that lightly and think, ah, oh, just, just, just what I do. People work different jobs and people have different professions and I just happen to teach people and, and speak into people's lives. No, he said, this is serious. How many know you're, you're uh, impacting their eternal destiny? And what you say will matter. What comes out of your mouth will have an impact on other people's lives. He goes on to say, verse 2, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Now this verse right here, James 3, 2, is very key to what we're teaching here. Notice, let me say it again. If a person does not stumble in word, he is perfect. What, is it, what, what do you mean perfect? Well, he's a mature person. A grown-up, mature person is able to guard the words that come out of their mouth. They're not quick to just be spewing a bunch of garbage and junk, hurting people here, destroying relationships. A mature person keeps a lid on it. A mature person is able to control what comes out of their mouth. Whereas an immature person, they're constantly reacting. And they're reacting verbally. Anything that happens to them, it's it's just coming out. Amen. I know this, that uh, um, I was talking earlier, but uh, we have a a four-way stop near our house. Four-way stops are not always fun. Because most well, at least a lot of people don't know how to drive. I would think they'd require a course or something, like a 
driver's education or training or something. They should have that. Don't you think? Or at least if they do, they should actually <laughs> teach people how to drive. Anyway, uh, by the way, anybody know what the definition of eternity is? It's four blondes at a four-way stop. <laughs> How come you're not laughing? <laughs> Jennifer's laughing. <laughs> Don't you get it? Oh, I'm just gonna... <laughs> All right. All right, chill now. Let me get back to my story here. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor, your mouth is getting you into trouble. <laughs> More strict judgment, remember that? <laughs> All right, here we go. Four way stop. Anyway, at the four way stop near our house, it can be uh, quite annoying at times because people literally, so many people don't know how to deal with a four way stop. And there, there's, you know, everyone's. No, and they're just kind of jumping out, and the other person stops. But what's interesting, I find, is this perfect man thing, this immaturity. It's, it's when people don't control themselves. And I find, even though it can be kind of frustrating when people don't know who's to go next, there are some people, because you, you're close, you can see in the cars, people get so angry at times. <laughs> I, one day we were we were going through there, and I was watching someone else. We must have been a car back or something, or uh, but there was a car, and they had a looked like a husband and wife. They looked it was a nice car. They looked together as far as you know, uh, as far as the way they kept themselves. But they were both pummeling another person in another car. They looked fierce and evil because someone else was not going when they were supposed to go. Basically, they waited too long, and so everyone was on hold and they were just had this these looks on their heads and they're just blasting both of them in unison i'm thinking they're just directing all their anger at this person and it's just they're just talking away i'm thinking wow chill i know you waited an extra three seconds but is it is it really worth that but what's happening is they were immature hmm they did not know how to control their mouths. And that, not, you know, I don't know how much that hurt them right there. It hurt them internally, maybe hurt someone else. But I know that's probably the way they live, and they probably do that to each other too. And uh, being uh, out of control of the words that escape your lips is a very dangerous way to live. And uh, people get in, uh, you know, people uh, get in all kinds of trouble. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me let me read this uh, a little bit further. Okay. So he's able also to bridle the whole body. Verse 3, Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. You, look at the illustration. You're going to control your whole body, your whole life, just like a bit in a horse's mouth controls that whole animal. Let me know horses. Anybody horse people? All right. Lots of folks like like horses or have been on horses or at least have seen a horse. And uh, 
Uh, anybody seen a horse? And uh, we used to have a horse when I was growing up. His name was Dusty. And uh, not Trigger, but Dusty. Uh, and, and, and Dusty was a nice horse. And when I was little, one day my brother and I were riding Dusty. And Dusty, uh, we were riding him without a saddle. You know, I was pretty young. He was couple years older than me he was on the front so he's holding on to Dusty's mane I'm holding on to him and we are cruising across the pasture I'm having I'm understanding how powerful these animals are and this horse was going a million miles an hour at least and uh, and we're holding on but all of a sudden I feel our, I feel us going like this <laughs> we're going to the left and I say to my brother we're slipping and he says, I know! <laughs> and within a matter of seconds, we're on the ground. And I am, he just, because <gasps> my breath was knocked out of me. And I'm just on the ground, I can't breathe. It's the most horrible experience I ever had to that point. <laughs> and I can't breathe. He's running saying, my wrist is broke! And he's running to the house. He broke his arm, <laughs> falling off the horse. And... Uh, Anyway, Dusty was just doing its thing, and uh, later, of course, we moved to Idaho, and we didn't ride Dusty very much anymore. We put him in the corral with the cows, and uh, <laughs> tried to turn him into a cow, and <laughs> he didn't like it, and <laughs> not much production, <laughs> and and Dusty died, and. Let's have a moment of silence for Dusty. <laughs> we sent him to McDonald's. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, I didn't come up with that on my own. That was one of the worship team. They told me that in the back before the service. Anyway. Uh, nevertheless, the horse is a very powerful animal. But the point here is something very small. That little bit. And you'll yank that whole horse's body around. Make him do whatever you want him to do. Likewise, you get a hold of your mouth. And you will yank your own life around. And you'll make it go wherever you want it to go. But you won't do it by grabbing its tail. <laughs> you know, the horse. You don't have a tail, of course. But uh, you won't do it by grabbing the horse's tail. Or, or just trying to push the horse physically. Many people try to direct their own lives. And they're just going about it wrong. Okay, they're saying, I really want to make my life go this way, or I want to do something else. And they're pushing. <laughs> they're giving all kinds of energy and effort, and they're saying, I'm trying. It's not for a lack of effort. How many know it's not all about effort when it comes to our life? It's about wisdom, and it's about knowing what causes things to change. And the Bible gives us clear direction what will control our entire body. It's our mouths. Yes. Amen. So let's go on to read a little bit more. And we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that, that, that verse again, or at least that point. He said, uh, verse 4, Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a, little, a forest, a little fire kindles? So again, point, something small changes something big. I mean, you take a little match and light up millions of acres. In the forest. This is the picture now. Now we're supposed to have this understanding. That that's what your mouth. Your words 
will do to your life. It might seem real small. It might seem real insignificant. But you light a match and you're going to toast some territory. And you say the right thing or say the wrong thing and it will direct your entire life in a different direction. He said, uh, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and it sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. You know that if the devil wants to ruin your life, and he does, by the way, wants to cause harm and heartache and destruction and, and problems, you know what he's going after? He's going after your mouth, going after your words. If he can get you to agree and speak his language... He's got a foothold into your life. If I would say the two things he's going after, you know what they are. He wants your mind and he wants your mouth. Because if he controls your mind and your mouth, he controls your life. But if we control our mind and our mouth and we fill it with the Lord, then ultimately we're doing the Lord's thing. Amen. Amen. So he's coming after your mouth. Watch out. Watch what you say. It's the enemy's method of bringing destruction to you. He goes on to say, here, uh, every beast and bird and reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by, my, by mankind, but no one can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing, my brethren, these things ought not to be so. And he goes on to give some other illustrations there as well. But his point, again, that he's making is that the mouth controls the life. And really, he says specifically in the other verse, that the mouth controls the whole body to bridle the horse or bridle the body means to control it. Someone said, isn't God controlling my life? Actually, uh, you're either running amok, <laughs> your body is, being, is driving you by the impulses that it has, or you are controlling it with the words that you speak, with your mouth. One of those two is happening. God's not running that show. You are. Amen. And so when the scripture talks about controlling the body, I, I look at all the things that we have to deal with physically and deal with, with the body. Does your body ever talk to you? I mean, I find every morning when I wake up, there it is. And then, you know, I'll, you know, I'll clean it up and feed it and stuff. And, and in a few hours, it starts yelping again. Wants to be fed again. Later, it wants to take a nap. Know what I'm talking about? It's always talking, you know. And if I wanted, if I if I decide I'm gonna uh, go to the gym, it talks then too. It says, "No, we're not." <laughs> I say, "Yes, we are." <laughs> but it's constantly, it's got a voice. But how do I control it? My mouth controls my entire body. What what other aspects of the body does your mouth control? Well, all of it. Your health. You know, you, you know, your mouth can control your blood pressure. You know, you, your mouth can control your, your, your lungs and your breathing. And your mouth can control your metabolism. So why do you say that? Because it's in the body. And he said the whole body is controlled with the mouth. The mouth will control your desires and cravings. It's amazing what 
is actually in our control that we don't realize. And people have been responding like the couple in the car. Whatever emotion comes at them, whatever they feel at the moment, they give voice to that and give very little voice to the very life-giving Word of God that will control everything in their in their body. Amen. Cravings that certain people have, you can control it with your mouth. If you only realized. Hmm. Someone said, I'm addicted to cigarettes. Well, do you know that you could uh, that you can control that addiction with your mouth? That you could actually use your words against that nicotine addiction? And your body would respond to your words more than it would that substance. People have, uh, we understand and oftentimes have faith in certain medicines. Because we know tests have been run. You take this medicine, it produces this uh, reaction or response or uh, healing or something in your body. And we put confidence in that. And that's fine and good if, if it works and it's made to do that. But you know also that your body was made, was created to respond to your mouth. And our lack of understanding in this will keep us so naturally minded that we only respond to physical stimulus when God Himself, the author of verbal uh, power, the author of speaking things into existence, has said you control your whole body with your mouth. And if you'll learn to speak to it, it'll start listening to you instead of the other way around where we're always listening to it. We're always reacting and responding to its various promptings and cravings. We can control our body, our actions, everything we do with our mouth. Our body is listening to us. Amen. A lot more harm is coming to people, I think, than they realize uh, by their words. They're digging themselves into oftentimes a big hole. But uh, has your mouth ever gotten you into trouble? (laughs) If we all were to be honest, we'd all have to say yes, lift a hand, lift another hand, lift a foot. Yes, uh, more than the fingers I have and the toes put together has my mouth gotten me into trouble. Now we understand this, of course, in this regard. We understand that uh, relationally, that uh, if you've gotten in trouble with family members, maybe a spouse before, because you didn't control your mouth. We've all said things we wish we could pull back and not have ever said. There have been people who've lost jobs before because they said the wrong thing and they didn't control their tongue and they were out, out of there, right? There have been people who gotten in trouble with the policemen before because they spouted and they said some things and before you knew it, they were in handcuffs. And uh, people have gotten beat up. Anyone ever, you don't need to raise your hand, but (laughs) anyone ever gotten in a fight because you spewed and you were dealing with someone else who was totally out of control like you were, just reacting emotionally and in anger and frustration, you didn't control yourself, and you said some things that teed somebody else off before you know it, you know, fists are flying. And, uh, you know, people, you know, people are dead because of that. 
you get in the right, you get around the wrong crowds and the right kind of people, the wrong kind of people, and uh, people take things to the next level, don't they? And, and, and people, because they didn't control their mouth, ended up dead. Wow. It makes a lot of sense. But I think we understand this for the most part. We understand that we've got to watch our, our words because of the, uh, the things that it can incite in other people and how it can damage relationships and business partnerships and friendships and all kinds of things. But here's what a lot of people have not seen. There is not only the natural response or repercussions that come from speaking. There are, there are also spiritual ramifications to what we say. God himself created the worlds with his words. He spoke and it was. And that's how God designed, that's how he is, that's how he designed us to be. He gave us a mouth. He gave us a powerful weapon and a tool that will direct the course of our existence and that will control the, the house that we live in, the physical body. Or it can bring much destruction and harm if we don't recognize its power. Like playing with a gun. Huh? A gun can be used for, for good purposes or entertainment purposes or for, for protection, but it can also be misused and cause a lot of harm and a lot of problems. And likewise, our mouths have been given to us by the Lord so we can act like Him. So we can live our lives as He lives. And uh, this power, now we recognize it naturally in relationships, but many people, again, don't recognize that when they speak, they are activating spiritual power in their life. How many know the things that happen in our world today, wars and, and nation against nation and, and all kinds of uh, things going on politically all around the world? These are not just natural events. I realize most of the planet is clueless to a spiritual world. But there are spiritual influences that are, uh, that, that are affecting everything that we see. And, and, and the, the, the major issues we see in the news. Do you know that? If we could see a spiritual newspaper, there'd be reports of these same events, but from a different perspective. Come on now, there are, there are things happening in the realm of the Spirit. There are angels and demonic forces, and there are wars there as well. There are battles, and there are struggles, ultimately, for people so that they, get, that they get saved, so that the lives of people are changed for eternity. Uh, but our words impact that realm. They do. Concerning our own lives, concerning the church at large, concerning other people, when we speak, those words don't just stop with the physical ear. They're going into the realm of the spirit. Faith words do that. Huh? And we can influence the spirit realm, which then influences the physical realm. We do that through prayer. We do that through speaking the words of God. And this dual side of the power of our words and controlling our mouth must be understood by us, by the church, by believers, that we can have an impact for the good or for the bad. I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. There is creative power in your words, and they bring life or death to your life. The scripture says over here, many of you know it, Proverbs 18, 21, says death and life 
are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's, that's a very big statement there. Imagine what the Lord has done. Solomon recognizing it here simply by the wisdom the Lord has given, in, given to him. Death and life are the two very most extremes that exist. Death is a very horrible thing. Death is disease. Death is poverty. Death is depression. Death is darkness. Death is destroyed relationships. You know, death is, is marriages. Uh, people are at odds together. Uh, death is all kinds of destruction in every way. Darkness, ultimately, it's separation from God. Ultimately, death in its very full manifestation is called lake of fire. Eternally separated from God. Okay, life on the other hand is joy and peace and it is love and it is kindness and goodness. It's health, it's abundance, it's prosperity, it's a fulfillment, it's a satisfaction, it's the joy of the Lord. It's the very presence of God. Ultimately, what is life? It's where you and I are going to be before God forever in eternity in his very presence that's the ultimate the very full manifestation of life and these two very extremes the Lord has said I'm putting the power of this in your mouth the power of the tongue control the very worst and the very best and if you use it right you'll eat of its fruit Whichever way you go, whichever one you let out of your mouth, that is what's going to happen and what you'll experience in your life. This is why guarding the tongue, the mouth, keeping evil out of it is so very, very important. And our lives are hinging on that pivot point. I can add life to my life or I can add death to my life depending on what I say. If I will only allow life to fill me, then daily I can make my life better. I can increase the life of God in my life, or I can increase death in my life. Or was at what many people are doing? A little bit of both. Little life, little death. Little life, little death. Ultimately going nowhere. Ultimately not really making any improvement this scripture uh, the message uh, paraphrase says it this way words kill words give life they're either poison or fruit you choose the good news bible says it this way what you say can preserve life or destroy it so you must accept the consequences of your words powerful powerful what parts what aspects of your life could you analyze today and say, you know, there's death working in that part of my life? Could you identify there's death working in, in me in this particular area? Well, good news is through your words, you can begin to add life to it today. You can begin to speak to that area of your life. It may be literally a physical area of your body. You speak life to it.
life, life, health, and, and deliverance, and freedom, and strength, and you speak to it, and you're adding life to it, adding life to it, adding life to it, adding life to it, instead of what so commonly happens, every little pain, every little trouble, every little struggle, we repeat it. We let our mouth agree with the problem, agree with death, and we reinforce it in our hearts and give the enemy access to keep it there. I realize for some, you know this, and some, you've never heard anything like this before. But I'm telling you, and as I'll show you, this, the Bible is chock full of this kind of stuff. That our mouths are such a key determining factor in where our lives are to go. And so as you speak, believe that things are changing, and things are changing. Let's not fall into the trap of the old saying, you know, sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me, words will never hurt me. Uh, words are more powerful than sticks and stones put together. Okay? We recognize the spiritual force that's there. We'll use wisely what's been given to us. Many people today are simply a fulfillment of the negative prophecies given to them as children. People spoke to them. I don't mean they said, thus saith the Lord. But they told them what they weren't and what they couldn't do and what they wouldn't measure up to. And what they didn't have. And they magnified things that were negative and, and really words of death. And many today, if we were to go around the room, I, I bet there would be many of us that could recall specific things that were said to us. They were death-filled words. And they pierced and they stuck. And here, 10 years, 20 years, 30, 40, 50 years later, you still remember it exactly as it was said. It's a, it can be, be very hurtful, be very hurtful. I remember, remember a time we were doing a, a youth camp years ago, and uh, there was a particular uh, young girl, teenager, that was in the camp, and she was, uh, well, we were ministering people, praying for people, laying hands on people. I had, a, uh, I had another minister there who I brought in specifically to speak to the camp, and he and I were both up there ministering to people, and this was this was this was was weird the way he did this because anyway I just had to totally trust him, but but there was this one young woman there who had just gotten saved at the camp and you know had a she was you know came out of drugs and I mean when I say came out of it just like a few days ago uh, you know and just gotten saved and God was doing tremendous things in her life and uh, and this other person that was ministering there with me he comes to me. You know, the music's playing and people are being ministered to, like, like a lot of stuff happening. He says, the Lord wants me to have you tell her this. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, I, I kind of like to get words myself. <laughs> but what? Go ahead. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, you tell her. But I just went with it. Uh, he said to her, he said to me, tell, I want you to tell her this. And the word was, uh, your mom said you were a whore, but it's not true. And I thought, he looked at me, he starts laughing. Because <laughs> he, not, I'm like, all right. Because <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, I didn't get the word from God myself. <laughs> so I went up here, I didn't do that publicly, I wasn't going to embarrass her or anything like that. But she was standing there, and uh, I went up and whispered into her ear. And as soon as I did, she hit the floor. 
she just collapsed and the Lord set her free and you know and she testified afterwards you know uh, I don't remember if she told everyone what the words were but basically that was exactly what her mom told her and the Lord told off <laughs> on her mom basically exposing that lie because what, what happens in those situations people believe it you know especially as a as a child people are impressionable and when someone you respect says something hurtful that stays with people a long time they end up living it out and the Lord thank God you know said hey that's not the way you are that's not what I say about you and it can change your outlook but again these are words these are words which paint the, the future and, 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 uh, and uh, oftentimes pave a pathway that we're going to walk on what we believe and what we accept as true about ourselves. And so when we, when we talk about words, we know this, that if we speak against somebody else, you know, if I, if I say, uh, Rick, you're just an idiot. You're a waste of flesh, wasting the oxygen. <laughs> I said, if, I would never say that to him. Because it's not true. But how many know that could hurt our relationship? And uh, that, that, that we, we recognize that that could be harmful to a relationship of any kind. All right. But how many know that if I look at myself and say, you're an idiot. Why don't you get a life? You, uh, you know, you're a waste of flesh. You know, that doesn't hurt him. But that does hurt me. And here's an area we recognize I can't speak against someone else without knowing, even though we do it anyway sometimes, but without knowing there are consequences to hurting somebody else. And a lot of it's them and some of it's our relationship together. But there are absolutely consequences to us speaking against our own selves as well. And, and oftentimes people do things that are wrong. And let me just, people do things that are stupid. I've done things that were stupid. And they respond to it and they say, I'm such an idiot. Or I'm so stupid. I, what a lame brain. I mean, you know, and, and, and they come up with all these things and they think, it's not a problem because I'm just talking about myself. That is a problem. Because your words impact you even more than someone else's words impact you. In reality, if I speak against Rick, if he's you know, mature and, you know, confident in the Lord, if I speak something negative, he'll blow it off. And he'll say, you know what, I don't know what his problem is, but, <laughs> but that's not true, I don't accept that. And he has the power, ability to do that. What about when I'm speaking against my own life? Who's there to rebut it? Hmm. And those things affect us and ultimately drive our lives down the tubes. Your words what you say about yourself, watch this now, can even be more powerful than what God says about you. God says you are right in Christ now, if you're saved. He says you're righteous, you're clean, you're holy, you're special, you're important to me. What if you say, I'm a lousy piece of junk, scum of the earth? Which one is going to affect you? I'm telling you, what you say about yourself is going to affect you more than what God says, even though he's right. Our words are very powerful. They affect us. You know, the, the illustration that James used, he talked about the horse, talked about the fire, talked about the ship. Let's talk about the ship for a moment. You ever been on a ship, a big ocean liner, or seen one, or, or know that they exist? 
<laughs> and uh, and we have some we have some Navy people in the house. Right? How many are Navy people? All right, I got a few few Navy people. Yeah, and uh, I, we would learn the language in the previous service, uh, marine language. Anybody, any other marine? We know I know Pastor Mickey is uh, a marine. Who else? Anybody else Marines in here? All right, you guys. I guess you can't talk and do that hoorah stuff. <laughs> I found that I'm not allowed to say that. You know, hoorah. <laughs> but these big ocean liners, these ships are cruise ships. How many know, uh, relative to the size of that thing, the point is clear. It's a very small rudder that's turning that thing. Right? But here's the deal. You're not going to turn that ship around on a dime. You're not going to take that ship with that little rudder and say, I'm going north and, you know, a minute later, I'm going south. I'm just going to and whip that thing around like a little jet boat, (laughs) right? It's going to take some constant pressure on that rudder to change direction. And ultimately, if you keep turning you will turn your ship around. And this is an important key to know that when we're talking about the power of our words, I'm not for a moment saying that you're just going to go out there and just find one verse of Scripture, speak it out your mouth, and everything's different from then on out. Because that happens all the time. People come to church, and we're basically positive, you know, uplifting. We sing songs that are scriptural. We, I have to change the words sometimes <laughs> because not all Christian songs are full of the word by the way uh, but to make sure everything is is in line with the word and we're doing positive stuff here but many times people leave they hop out in their pickup truck and begin the normal way of letting stuff spew out of their mouth negative complaining I don't like this can you believe that this happened and they they've been trained for so long to let all those negative emotions come right out their mouth and they say well it's important that we vent shut up (laughs) that's an excuse for you being negative and 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 being a complainer and a whiner and and but really what's happening is death is coming out so we come to church life 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 we leave death 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 and we're taking our ship and we're you know we're kind of we're kind of going back and forth never making any headway we speak a lot i mean there's a lot of life that is coming out of life church but if we count counteract it or contradict it with our words every time we leave, then we're going to end up having no progress. Amen. We've got to be consistent. Keep the pressure on the rudder. It's right there. It's going to direct your life in whatever way it's pointing. Amen. Amen. People are oftentimes a lot more negative than they realize and uh, I, I, I liken this to someone who wants to lose weight because I've known this for a um, well dif- different people have shared this with me I know this is a proven method okay anybody sermonette here want to lose weight here's how you do it uh, I haven't done this but <laughs> I know others who have 
I, I ran into this one person who I hadn't seen him for months, and he was quite a bit thinner. I said, wow, what have you been doing? He said, I've been writing down everything I eat. He said, I write down everything I eat. I said, that's all? He said, yep, that's all. I found out I was deceiving myself. <laughs> I thought, well, I'm hardly eating anything. And then when he started writing down, it was like, woo, I'm eating a lot more than I thought. Okay, that same principle, I think, is true concerning our words. Many of us, we think back, and we're analyzing right now as I'm sharing these things. Well, I'm a positive person. I don't speak negative like he says. I wonder sometimes if we're not self-deceived, and we're saying a lot of things. If we could record everything that came out of our mouths and then import it into our computer, you know, upload it into two columns, we might be surprised. We might find there's a lot more death coming out of us than we really realize. And it's the reason our rudders point in a certain direction. Hmm. And that must be changed. Let me end with this. I want to read you some scriptures. And I've got numerous translations here, so uh, I don't need you to turn to these. But Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Another translation of that says, The talk of men is a life-giving fountain. The talk of bad men it overflows with harm. I misstated that. It's the talk of good men. Okay. Proverbs 12 and verse 13. It says, The wicked is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous will come through trouble. The, another translation says of that, His own lips are to blame when the wicked man is entrapped. Now here's another one. Proverbs 12 and verse 14. Next verse. A man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him. Some other translations of that say, when a man is filled with good things, it is the fruit of his own words. Your reward depends on what you say and what you do. From the fruit of his words, a man will be satisfied with good. A man reaps the results of all his words. Wow. Proverbs 13, verse 3 says, He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Now, some other translations of that say, Watch your mouth, and you'll protect your life. He who guards his mouth protects his life. To open wide one's lips brings downfall. Be careful of what you say and protect your life. A careless talker destroys himself. He that hath guard on his speech shall hath no guard on his speech shall meet with evils. He guards his life who guards his lips. And then Proverbs 18 and verse 7 says a fool's mouth is his destruction. And his lips are the snare of his soul. Some other translations of that verse say, The mouth of the fool works his own ruin. His lips are a snare for his life. From his own words the fool's undoing comes. From his own lips the snare. The lips of a fool bring him into troubles. And his bold mouth calls for death. A fool's mouth is ruin to him. The stupid man's tongue is his undoing. His lips put his life in jeopardy. 
we can see clearly that God had given Solomon wisdom about the human condition and about how things work. And one of the big revelations and understandings that he had it concerned the words that we speak. And if we will not control our mouth, we will absolutely drive our life into the pit. But the same thing is true. Good comes to us. Blessing comes to us. The life of God comes and manifests in us when we speak words of life. And words of edification and help and health and strength. Those are the things that need to govern us and therefore govern our lives. James chapter 1 and verse 19. Remember that one? So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Slow to speak. Again, an immature person is one who's quick to speak. They react. They're quick to let whatever comes into their mind or skips their mind <laughs> fly out of their mouth. But a mature person is someone who's more thoughtful. And they're taking very close consideration to what they're going to let escape their lips. And that needs to be us. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, today we're glad and thankful that you've given us this understanding and this wisdom that we must place a guard on our mouths, place a guard on our, heart, on, our, on our lips, on our words, the words that we speak. For we know that our whole entire body is controlled by our words. So give us wisdom, Lord, and help us. Remind us as the Spirit of God is inside of us brings things to our remembrance, shows us things to come. Lord, thank you for bringing all to our remembrance of what you've said and helping us to be watchful of these very important issues. For this we thank you. For this we give you praise.